Now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Amory Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Friday, Albuquerque! Boys are live at the ballpark. You know what that means. Fan Appreciation Weekend. Let's freaking go. Wait, did you say Van Appreciation Weekend? Van. <laughs> With the F. Sorry, my bad. The fan. Van. The fan. Well, it's you and the fans. Nice. Because you're a fan. I'm the biggest fan of the isotopes. Prove it. Show me your... Um, Proof. Season tickets. Where's your isotopes uh, tattoo? In my pocket. Uh, I can't show you here because it would involve me disrobing. The Dodger, the Oklahoma City Dodgers are out there with no clothes on, which is wild. That's yeah, how they warm up. A lot of half-naked dudes out I there like sunning. It. They're not even warming up. They're just slowly lubing each other up with suntan oils and very central music playing in D. the background. I don't like how much I like this. Yeah. The vitamin D is later, apparently. I get that after the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. They say, have a, have a sun kissed. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather have that as a pregame. A sunny D. Mm. Have a sunny D. I'm Fred Sawyer, Van Nelly, Jay Cassio here, back at the Stude, being dude, Cal Moots. Cal, welcome back to the program. Oh man, I can't. I couldn't be gladder to be here with okay. you guys. Okay, okay. Well, gladder. It's like Look, uh, if, if you're not watching on Facebook Live. Or yeah. YouTube Live, you're missing out on Cal's beautiful hair. There's, I that, it is a, just that is a head of hair. Wonderfully styled today. That is sexy. I went to my barber today, Gabe Gambino, over at Legends Barbershop. You know all about him. What a dude. Went over there to see him today. I said, "Give me the Cal Moots." And I was, I hear the words I was using. I was like, I was like, it's, it's sexy. Yeah. I said, it's ferocious. I said, vibrant, mm. radiant. You guys are too kind. This is, this is the hair I left the gym with earlier and didn't have a shower. Before That's when it here. looks the best. Yeah. It's probably so just who's you your guys friend, in Jim. The studio. Yeah, who's Jim? You haven't introduced us to Jim yeah, who, yet. Who is this guy? Him, what was he like? Uh, no comment. <laughs> Still on my second day hangover from Ringo Starr. We had a blast at that. Big thank you again to the Rio Rancho Vent Center. And I'm on a one-day hangover, I guess, from terrible Thursday night football. <laughs> what a day. Boys. That's just about as bad as it gets. Watching that game last night was worse than watching paint dry and trying to scrape it off with your finger now while it's drying. I had a blast watching it. What? Yeah, because my bet hit. I'm, o- I'm okay with the results of Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle, who I am uh, a fake owner of them in a, in a fantasy football league. Weird sentence. Yep. Not in real life because, mm-hmm. they can as do you guys know, we outlawed that in this country a long time ago. 1865. Yeah. Thank you. Pretty close to the correct time. <laughs> I didn't know Jake was such a history buff. I love history, man. Uh, you know, especially wartime. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you hit last night. Yeah. Your, per- your parlay crush. First uh, NFL hit of the season. <laughs> took a while. Yeah, you know, you got to warm up. You know, we just had two weeks of preseason uh now we're on the regular season. You don't you don't know who the teams are the yeah. first two weeks of the year. Now you're now you're dialed in, and it's just stacks and stacks of cash. Only up from here. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember last night when the Giants kicked that field goal? Then they kicked another one. 
Then they kicked another one. No, they got a touchdown with uh, oh, they yeah, they a missed two-point. Oh, yeah, they missed the two-point conversion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're so bad. Hey, the under hit, 43-and-a-half by one-and-a-half points. What did it end up being, 42? Yeah, 42 on the dot. That's what you betted? Yeah, the under and the Giants, or the Niners to win by 11. Isn't it always bet the under on Thursday Night Football? That's like the standard go-to bet. Pretty much. Or just, you know, banking on an injury to happen on Thursday. Well, you don't have to wait till Thursdays. They happen in practice all the time now. Just ask anyone named Diggs. Yeah. Wait, did another Diggs go down today? No, no, Stefan's good. Oh, okay. oh good, 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 good. Just the, the, the evil, less good, on the worst team, Diggs. Your New York fandom would have been just tear-filled. Oh, I don't know if I would have made it today. I would have had to have a funeral. There's not enough Kleenex and Isotopes Park to soak up your tears as Stefan Diggs would have got hurt. I know. Because the the sorry 49ers beat up on the even sorrier New York Giants yesterday, the San Francisco 49ers announced the team has signed general manager Don Lynch and head coach Kyle Shanahan to multi-year extensions, boys. That's what you get. I mean, after last night's performance, why wouldn't you? You beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and that's it. That's all you have to do in the NFL anymore. You never have to do anything more. You, you can be Jordan Love and beat the Bears, and Aaron Rodgers will text you a heart emoji, and then you can be the 49ers to beat the Giants, and you get contract extensions. That's the deal. Well, I mean, good, good news, New York Giants, New Jersey Giants fans. You're in position now for the second overall pick. So if you play your cards right, you can get you a nice, shiny Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Is he available now? What's you the beat deal? the Cardinals. Now you're going to lose to everyone else. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the Bears getting the first two picks this year. They're going to get the Panthers pick. The Cardinals aren't going to win a game. Neither will the Bears, probably. There will be. I I have have more faith in alopecia Joshua Dobbs (laughs) than and happy uh, National Alopecia Awareness Day. Is that today? Yeah, it is. All right, put it out there in the cosmos. Let me text Josh real quick. Let's get him on. Is Charlie Villanueva available? Can we call him? Uh, Jordan Walsh, uh, former Arkansas Razorback. Stud. Oh, yeah. Stud. That's a dude. He's going to be the greatest Boston Celtic of all time. Tell me if this press release was written by ChatGPT without telling me if this press release was written by ChatGPT. Lynch has been vigilant in acquiring players who embody the team's culture on the field and in the community since arriving in San Francisco. Well, hold on. Vigilant or vigilant? Whatever I said, it's vigilant. Okay. That's the GPT giveaway. No sports writer is using no one's any words uh-huh. like that. No one is doing that. It's wild to me that Thursday Night Football draws. We were literally watching it last night. We went down to Santa Fe Brewing. By the way, if you're not doing anything on Thursdays, you can go down there. The crowd watching is better than the football watching. But go down there, laugh at some strangers. We were down there watching it last night, and I just kept saying to Van every five minutes, isn't there anything else I could be doing? <laughs> Your your utter disdain for Thursday night football is unrivaled. I'm watching three and outs and three and outs and three, and I'm going, oh, God. I'd rather be doing that than anything else. Is unrivaled in chat GPT's press release, I by the way? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> I think Fred just talks with chat GPT. Mm-hmm. He just starts typing, you know. He's the only one that listens to me when I'm at these Thursday night football viewing parties. I, I listen to you. Thank you for coming, by the way. Yeah, boys. well, no I problem. We it. had a lot of fun or whatever. But <laughs> aside from one dime pass to Debo, was there a single highlight from last night? Is there a single thing where at the end of the year you're like, oh, you remember that one dime? George Kittle from- had a good catch. Brock Purdy is a pretty good quarterback. If you're into dudes in red jerseys playing good defense, that was the game for you. 
hey, defense is a very high-quality part of football. So I personally don't mind watching a slugfest. I like watching good defense. That's how you win championships. You're talking about good defense because I couldn't see a single guy on the field that could tackle Debo Samuel in a one-on-one situation. I'm not talking about the Giants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I forgot the guy's name. Did you see the, the Giants player try to cheap shot Debo and just bounced off of him? Yes. <laughs> like, like they had reverse magnets in their drawers. And then Trent Williams swings on a dude. They get it in slow motion, show it to you 40 times, and then the league's like, all right, just keep playing. You're good. Yeah, we – certain rules for certain folks. If, right. you're, if you're the guy that we need to protect, Brock Purdy, you're fine. You can stay in. Anyone else, though? See ya. What's this league even about? Is there a standard at all? They just make it up as they go, honestly, especially on Thursdays. And honestly, it really matters on the officiating crew. Uh, that's a big part of my gambling uh, <laughs> okay, routine is watching who's, uh, who's officiating games because some guys let them play. Some guys like the home team a little bit more. It's just uh, it's a 50-50 mixture. And th- I, I remember the names. The Giants have been outscored 108-19 to in their last three primetime games. Danny Penny's, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's been rough for New Jersey Giants football fans at the start of this season. See you next Monday. You were down 20 to the Cardinals. And they came back. They came back, sure. But, but they, they were battling against a fierce competitor, Joshua Dobbs. Aside from the addicts. Who I'm rooting for. Aside from the addicts. Especially today. No NFL fan wants the Giants in prime time. Not even the Giants fans want the Giants in prime time. Except for you, strung out addicts that can't stand the idea of hanging out with your family or petting your dog on a Thursday. I mean, we literally talked about Football this. Football is family. We literally talked about this yesterday. If the NFL puts a game at 3.30 in the morning on Tuesday, they're going to watch it. Yep. I'm going to be watching uh, the Bills play at 7 a.m. when they play against the, the Jaguars in London. You're listening to Westwood One's coverage of Tuesday morning <laughs> football. That's very correct. Yeah. I think there should people be football would watch. every day of the week. And people, and people would watch on television, and they would listen right here on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal, the home of Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night football. The Jaguars. And also Tuesday morning football. You can have my idea, Roger. Tuesday, that's just called Maction. <laughs> the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguar. Haven't played on Monday in 10 years. Whoa. And we get the Giants. Every other week. Give me sunshine every game. They literally are in primetime again next week. I get it. I get media markets. I get the whole thing. I get that that Super Bowl in Jacksonville was maybe the worst one. Trellons had to play in a broken ankle. It was stupid. But they're not good football. It's like the Bears right now. The Bears have not been good football in a million years. Finally, the NFL figured to stop putting them on primetime TV. The Giants are in that conversation now. Daniel Jones, not the problem. Definitely not the solution. Okay, yeah. Not the problem, though. Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) Well, the rumor on the block is that uh, Brian Dable has been taking over play calling the last uh, six quarters. Are you standing on hearing these rumors? (laughs) Uh, You know, I I, I made ham tramic and what? (laughs) Just somewhere in Newark. Yeah, just in Hoboken. Just the the conversation on the street. Yeah. 
I they're out there drinking their uh, espressos and uh, smoking their cigarettes every well, morning. I need to espresso how I feel about this team. And it is bad, and I'm tired of watching bad football. And if the NFL wants to try to convince me, the fan they're trying to capture. You know, on 100% fandom graph, right, you got 20% of fans that you'll never get. There's 20% of potential fans out there that will never watch football. There's 20% of football fans you're going to get every single game, no mm-hmm. matter what. And sitting right there in the middle, there's 60% of the fan base. I am that. You are definitely the I other am, 20%. I am in that category. Do better in your features to get your boy out there. That's all I'm asking, NFL. Stop wasting my Thursdays. I mean, the class of the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers, the undefeated in regular season, Brock Purdy. Are you talking about Brock Purdy? The highlight reel of 30, 30 plus points in 9 of 11 games. Christian McCaffrey, the always fun Debo Samuel, who apparently is made out of wrought iron. Joey Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah, I like watching him. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about left-hand swinging Trent Williams and mm-hmm. the 49ers. That's who you're talking about? I respect it, honestly. <laughs> no, you... <laughs> uh, Guys, the 49ers are they're so entertaining and fun. George Kittle played rock, paper, scissors with the sky cam. Now, he is, now he is hey, a dude. Don't, don't talk smack about finally someone has a personality. Guys, it's George Kittle's it's a child's game out there. He's, he's bringing it back. Shut up. Shut up, everyone. Okay, that's the only good part of the game is George Kittle's giant personality and actually having fun on the field, celebrating, joking with the American audience. Like, that's that's the best part of all of it. Entertain me, George. I just like watching Daniel Jones have those nervous birdie eyes, man. Oh, man. That's the best part for me. Oh, nervous as all can be. Like, legit fear in that human being's eyes. How does George Kittle not play football Ken in the Barbie movie? Was was there one? The uh, John Cena was in the Barbie movie as a uh, mermaid, merman Barbie. Yeah, then that's the only. Uh, then Kittle should be a himbo. Like the whole thing is like he is quit NFL. That's what you got to do. Quit the NFL, join the WWE, make more money, get less beat up, and every single day you get a camera in front of your face to do fun pantomiming too. Yeah, but people actually watch the NFL as opposed to what wrestling. Oh, there's more viewers for wrestling weekly than any other program on television. All right, so if you're the booker for wrestling, who are you calling first, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? Uh, Rob Gronkowski. Well, he's already been there. Oh, he's already done it. Yeah, he already yeah. did it. Like, yeah, I'm still calling him above those two. Okay. <laughs> Just calling him back. Yeah. <laughs> I also like to party. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, it's me, Rob Gronkowski, and I'm hosting WrestleMania, and, you know, it took me a while to get here because I was partying. I know I got to introduce someone, but but to get to the place to do it, I got to I got to get past these fans. Don't worry. You know, I can run a route <laughs> like that would be that's him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. his whole thing. But significantly yeah, less. <laughs> <laughs> he is marketing to the right people, a.k.a. people like me. Sure. Mm-hmm. Young men who make stupid decisions on a daily basis. And that's what I want to watch. George Kittle, I mean, he's almost there. Travis Kelsey is entertaining, but he's not enough. Uh, he's at the top. I mean, he's a good tight end. And, but, I think but, he's got the necessary swag to take the next step. I, I honestly wrestling entertainment. He's in the I number, lost respect for him because of Taylor Swift. No, he's the number one power Whoa. couple in the world now, idiot. If you bag Taylor Swift, you're having less respect for him? Oh, Beyonce should have won that music of the year, music video of the year. That has nothing to do with the mountain. Because Taylor Swift is the peak of it. Yeah. 
She got 34,000 people to register to vote off one social media post. Impressive. Impressive. And, Impressive. I, bet, and I bet you Gronk could get 50 people. <laughs> Total. <laughs> Total, yeah. yeah. Whenever we get back, we start previewing the weekend, all of our predictions, what we think will happen, when we think that will happen. we got some fun guests today. Cole Tucker will join the boys. Yeah. He's going to do that at 445. We will talk to he. He's been on the shelf for a little bit, been on the shelf, been on the shelf, but we're going to talk to him. Uh, obviously, this is our last game of the year at Isotopes Park. John Traub will join us, GM, Beer Albuquerque Isotopes. We'll talk about Fan Appreciation Weekend. We'll talk about kind of all the fun stuff going on out here. And then we'll wrap this bad boy up with Josh Sushan at 6 o'clock yeah. before we hand it over to the Isotopes Media Network for the absolute last time this season. Murr. Murr. <laughs> yes. Two men on. Live from Isotopes Ballpark right here on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Because Jay Casio is here, we're going to pick with the spreads. Nice. Colts at Ravens. Ravens favored by eight at home. Yeah, hammer it. Hammer it. Gardner Minshew doesn't stand a chance. Now, hold on. You be careful with that kind of language. Listen, I'm This a, is a big Garner Minshew house here. Do you see my hair right now? The yeah. mustache, the mullet in process? Sure. I scream Garner Minshew fan. No. Where is your <laughs> where is your permanent residence i.e. RV to live out of if you've got big Garner Minshew energy? Um my RV doesn't have wheels. It's uh, it's just sitting on cinder blocks. And it's more of like a trailer home. Okay. Um, kind of Uncle Rico style. I'm not mad at that. The RVP, which is Gardner Minshew, will lead the Indianapolis Colts over the Baltimore Ravens. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Check all my fantasy leagues for who my quarterback is this week. I got Gardner Minshew and his Indianapolis Colts over the Baltimore Ravens. If we're going to go with the points, I still say take the Colts because um, they're going to win. So just better money line, more value. There you go. Yeah, I mean, if you're smart enough to take the Colts, um, I would definitely keep that nice little cushion of the points because the Ravens are a significantly better football team top to bottom. And Lamar Jackson's healthy. I do not bet against a healthy Lamar Jackson. As much as I love Garner Minshew, give me the Ravens running away with it. Right? I mean, Lamar's going to throw for 6,000 yards alone in this game. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns lost their running back Nick Chubb last week. Sucks for him. Sucks even more. Their quarterback is still Deshaun Watson. Tennessee at Cleveland. Cleveland, for some reason, is favored. I like this weird running back Tennessee started playing all of a sudden, too. That's not Derrick Henry. Yeah. Give me Tennessee on the road over Cleveland. Uh, also, editor's note, I will never, ever pick Cleveland to win a game. The logical part of my brain has to pick Cleveland every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I'm not rooting for them. No. I have bet on Cleveland two weeks in a row. It hasn't worked out for me, so we're going <laughs> with the Titans plus three. I like that a lot. I yeah. like Titans money line. I'll, yeah. You know what? Let's straight, ride. I ride. Titans straight up. Yeah, I'm coming with you. Yep. Let's go. Atlanta will go to Detroit, and I think this is the one where you find out that Detroit is not the team you thought they were, favored by three and a half at home. The Falcons are 2-0. and Their quarterback is low-key kind of good. 
I think Atlanta is going to win this thing. Also, if that tight end in Atlanta starts to catch any amount of passes, that team might be unbeatable. No, they drafted Kyle Pitts to be a decoy out there. That man's <laughs> never going to have a career, and he's going to just let down fantasy owners week in, week out. And uh, saying Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback is a, is a disservice because it's just the B. John Robinson show over there. And uh, Lions, minus three. Well, I mean, you said it. Bijan Robinson is an absolute dude. I think the Lions are going to be good, but it's going to take a while for them to get warmed up just like last year. I also have the Falcons. Yeah, I have a different team in the NFC South, and uh, I think the Falcons finish second, but they're not going to be first. I'm very... To your favorite player in the world, Baker Mayfield? Yeah. <laughs> I am very excited about Jordan Love this weekend as New Orleans goes to Green Bay. Might be the na- the last nice weather game of the year in Green Bay sure. for Jordan Love. Expect him to throw six tutties this weekend. I'm looking for the Packers to score in the 40-ish points range against New Orleans. I don't think they got a chance 2-0. and No more. I got the Packers at home only favored by two. I, I do as well. Uh, I think there, it's going to be, I mean, you want to buy up some points. Aaron Jones and... Watson are trending to playing, and with those two guys, the Packers are significantly better. I would buy it up to like four and a half, maybe five and a half, maybe. No, I got the Packers winning easily. If Jameis Winston was starting, I'm taking the Saints any day of the week, but uh, I don't believe in eyeliner Derek Carr. So sad to say this, I'm taking Jordan Love and the Packers. Okay, well, it's a really good thing to say. Why you feel uh, so bad about it? I just don't believe in it. six tutties. And I have this belief when there's a quarterback who gets a chance to ride the bench for three years like he did, learn the offense, do that thing, what do you do? You play with the guys that were playing behind the guys that are no longer there. Randall Cobb left. Alan Lazard left. It's a team of dudes that he's very familiar with. So regardless if Watson is out there or Jones or whoever, he's confident in all them boys. Um, And if you're playing daily fantasy, Jordan loves your guy this weekend. Why don't you step it up by one more tutty? Yeah. And then just erase Matt Flynn from the history seven books. Seven tutties. And Jordan Love gets seven tutties. Look for the screen game pass hard. Houston Texans go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. I just love this game. Name a number. Ten under. Just name a number, and I'm taking the Jags. No. Texans on the plus. I got them at eight and a half on my book, but I see plus ten on yours. Yep. Uh yeah, I CJ Stroud's going to get his first win this week. Oh gosh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Jags by 22 maybe. Texans by 4. I think this will be the first big game of Trevor Lawrence's career. I think Oh, he's <laughs> his first big game was against the Chargers in the playoffs. He's put in some work. Our boys put in some work. But uh I I got to go with Ohio State here, C.J. Stroud. Nico Collins is feeling himself. Tank Dell's getting in the equation. Don't talk about the running game of that old line, but Will Anderson, he's a man that gets paid to eat. <laughs> okay. Uh, those are of a lunatic, yes. friends of the show. Uh, the Texans are going to get blown out, as they will all year. Correct. I'll be texting you on Sunday when I'm laughing. I'm excited for this. You might be texting, but you won't be texting fan because they're going to lose bad. Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins. Six and a half are the Dolphins' favorite at home. Um, I mean, this is I mean, good for the Broncos leaving my eye because they can't win a game there, so maybe this is the answer for them. 
uh, 0-2 and about to be 0-3 are the Denver Broncos. And if you're still a fan of that team, um, there are medical professionals that will help you in your mental health jersey. I had a nice, lovely couple ask me yesterday if uh, I was going to be playing Denver games at uh, at my events I do. And I said, if they're on national television, sure. Um, Dolphins all day. I I just don't ever want to see Russell Wilson ever again. The Dolphins' small sample size look like the best offense in football. Yeah, because Tyreek Hill gets a running start every route. Eliminate the motion. Tua Tua has the quickest release of any quarterback in the NFL and the deepest average throws in the NFL. That's a deadly combo. Followed behind Derek Carr. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) There's something special about the offense with Tua because they're doing a thing where it's draw back and go. Yep. And it's, it's get it out real fast, don't get hit. And, and I'm not a guy who, like, looks at a player and goes, hey, there's a real special player. You know what he's doing a little bit different with this body? It reminds me of, like, a – this. you guys are going to go shut up, but I really do mean this. It reminds me of, like, a young Steve Young where it's as fast as he can and his body and his arm is all one motion. Sure. Like, he's little. He ain't got it. So to zip it, it's like a boxer throwing a punch. And I think there's something special about him if he can literally keep his head right. And for the first time – in five years, we're seeing a healthy Raheem Mostert. Yes, for now. He is a dude when he's healthy. One of the fastest dudes in football. And he's 31. That's crazy. Took a while. Survived the running back market. <laughs> this, is, this year is the oldest year of his life. Yeah. Okay, that's, gotcha. good, that's, that's genius. Let yeah, me write that down. New England Patriots at New York Jets. Patriots are favored on the road, and I tell you what, NFL and the city of Las Vegas, you got this one wrong. Zach Wilson and the New Jersey Jets at home uh, will have enough offense because simply the Patriots do not. Neither of these teams score 20, but I got the Jets winning this bad boy. Robert Sala is not going to know what to do with the 1933 Notre Dame playbook, man. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the Patriots, Van, I don't know if you know this, they beat the Jets 14 consecutive times. I'm not saying that streak has to end sometime, but in the history of the worst quarterbacks to ever do it for these two teams, this is the time when it breaks, right? What's the over-under on this thing, like 16 and a half points? Uh, 36 and a half. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm taking the under on this one and not even watching the game. Nah, I know don't it's, don't I know count it's out a in. Mormon quarterback, man. I trust in, in Zach Wilson. It's not cold enough for the magic underwear yet but he's got that uh, magic bandana on. I believe, I believe it comes with different materials. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I think you can, <laughs> you can kind of throw it on at any time, nah. really. The Buffalo Bills at the Washington Guardians, six and a half points are the Bills favored on the road. I, I don't think so, boys. I think Whoa, the, Guardians are sitting, the Washington Guardians are sitting at 2-0. and oh. Impressive come from behind victory last week against the Broncos. And you're like, Brown, it's the Broncos. Well, boys, they put up like four uncontested scores in a row. They know how to win. The Bills are a joke now. They have no talent at quarterback or their skill positions. I don't think Takeo Spikes is coming back to save them. (laughs) Give me the Washington Guardians at home over the Buffalo Bills. See, this is where you're making a mistake, Fred. (laughs) All right, let me me tell you why. Stephon Diggs, Maryland native, going – he's only played at the commanders twice in his career. And in that time, his stats are like – he has like over 300 yards receiving. He has like multiple touchdowns. It's going to be the Stephon Diggs game. Two touchdowns, 224 yards. Okay, that's a really good prop bet. I like that inside info. Thank you for that. 
if we're talking points, give me the commanders, money line, I'm willing to lose a little skin to take the bill. I think the bills win, but they win real close. I want to move this line for the bills to minus 14. I'm okay, not, this is a this is Homer talk. Yeah. Don't listen to this guy, friends of the show. I'm not traveling. Don't to, listen to these two. They don't know football. I'm not traveling <laughs> to D.C. to see Stephon Diggs. I feel like I would only. It's travel, not in D.C. It's a. I'd only travel to D.C. to see Dave Chappelle. Like there's mm. not there's nothing special about athletes or people from that area, and they certainly don't claim it on a national level. It's not a cool place like St. Louis, Carolina <laughs> at Seattle, Yeesh. Seattle. Favorite at home by six, Carolina. Um, they're in the mix for the first overall draft pick in the um, NFL draft in 2024, 25, and 26. Well, so. they don't even get their pick this year. The Bears do. They're still going to be in position for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they got to give it away, but they're there. So they're 0-2. Their quarterback, Bryce Young, is what's – a, what's a bigger way to describe struggling? What's a stronger word to use than struggling? Bust. Well, luckily he's not playing this week. Andy Dalton. I know. Now you know. The NFL has serious equipment rules, but what's the tallest you can make the bottom of your shoes? Mm-hmm. How big can the soles be to when Bryce Young can start seeing over the offensive line? Get him like Because some- once he can start seeing over those giant dudes, the NFL's in trouble. Going to get him some kiss boots? Well, that- for now. <laughs> NFL policy for shoes is just has to be the, the shape of a normal shoe. Okay. So... I don't think there's any limit on the height. All right, so Bryce Young, call Lady Gaga and get you some special platform cleats, and then I think you might be a dude. Van, you got one more for us? You know it. We're going to stick around, continuing our picks. Then, Van, you are done at Isopes Park for the season as you're off to, and this is no joke, officiate a wedding. That is correct, yeah. Dear friend Mike, Mike Falcon, friend of the show, friend in real life, longtime listener, longtime supporter, is getting married tomorrow, and I'll be officiating the wedding not as one Van Nunley, but as one Jeffrey the Dude Lebowski. So I'm doing my dudist priestly duties as a priest of the Church of the Latter-day Dude and marrying two of my best friends. It's quite the honor. That's a real sentence. That is a real thing that's happening in real life. More NFL picks whenever we get back. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Just minutes away from Cole Tucker joining the boys on the program. That's a heck of a trade right there. You for anyone? Yes. Yep. <laughs> hey, Isopes, can we get a bag of balls? We got Van Nunley on the block. We're talking about the Panthers and the Seahawks. We all took the Seahawks at home. They are a six-point favorite. Without Bryce Young, shouldn't they, like, the spread be closer? Don't they get better without yeah. him? <laughs> I think I'm going to take the Panthers plus six. I don't like that decision. An- Andy Dalton, man. Red Rocket, baby. Red Rifle. The Dallas I know what I said. The Dallas Cowboys are favored by 12 <laughs> on the road at what will prove to be a home game in Arizona. Um, Alopecia Awareness Week. Yeah, the let's Cardinals, go. The Cardinals have been in the mix in two games. They've been in the mix. Mm. Dallas is that team this year, though. But no Trayvon Diggs, even though it really doesn't make that much of a difference. It's going to be rough. It's well, going to be rough. If instead of giving up 10 points this week, the Cowboys give up 16, I think they'll still be okay. Yeah. They're going to score in the 30s with that putting offense of world beaters. This, it's crazy to me. And obviously none of them will be able to play in the all-pro game because of the, the Super Bowl. The Cowboys will be in it. But the entire starting NFC all-pro will be Dallas Cowboys this year. 
on both sides of the ball? Both sides. <laughs> I think the Dallas Cowboys will cruise. The question is, are their starters going to play in the second half of the second half and allow the Cardinals to come back and make it a game or at least cover the spread? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a, I might tease this Cardinals spread to plus 18. Okay, I like that. The, the Cowboys is going to cruise. If you're a first half better, take the Cowboys plus make up a number in the first half. I don't know. The Cardinals are a first half team. Because the second half, that's when they got to start tanking. I haven't played the Cowboys, though. The Chicago Bears, who are reporting they were robbed this week, literally their equipment room robbed. Worst week looking ever. for a ton of equipment. <laughs> Rough week for the Bears. And for a second one in a row, we're on the road at the Kansas City Chiefs. There are no sure things in sports, but if you are the betting type, take the Chiefs at home. It's 12 and a half. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. They're going to put it on Chicago. Also, all my homies hate the Chicago Bears. I want to like them. I want to like Justin Fields. Same. I'm in that boat. He's not good. I am pro Justin Fields. Justin Fields is just like that guy that you're rooting for just to get a hit in like a Little League baseball game. (laughs) He's been riding the bench all season long. The basketball player, they they bring him at the end of the game and they let him get his own rebound until he makes a basket. Uh He's that guy. I'll tell you how good Justin Fields is. He got dropped on my fantasy team this week for Gardner Minshew. Yo. The manage hers. Now have Gardner Minshew Yeesh. as their starting quarterback instead of Justin Fields. Take Smart the, play. Take the Chiefs at home. Yeah, I think that's easy money. I mean, it's the same thing with the Cowboys. They're going to beat the living hell out of them. The question is, are the Chiefs players going to play the second half of the second half and allow them to come back and beat the spread? Like, that's my only concern. The rate- 12, and a, 12 and a half feels like a joke. It's like, does Vegas know something? Are you baiting the whole world into betting on the Chiefs just to pull a oopty duke on us? Well, and, and the thing is, you're like, well, you know, the Chiefs really haven't looked as dynamic as they did last year. And, you know, they have the game with Travis Kelsey on, and, and Tony's only a punt returner now. They're doing what you're saying. Right. Yeah, they're going to try to hype everyone into maybe they will, maybe they won't, but here's what they will do. Beat the crap out of the Bears at home. The last one of Sunday is the last one of our day with Van as the Pittsburgh Steelers are at the Las Vegas Raiders. It's going to be a tough one for the Steelers. They're not going to do well at home. Raiders favored by two and a half. I guess you can take Pittsburgh on the road if you think that Kenny Pick is good, but he's in that class of Justin Fields where you know he's not, but you're just afraid to say it out loud because other people will hear you. The only thing to get the Steelers' offensive groove going is for... George Pickens to make catches in bounds. Because George Pickens' highlights are all out of bounds catches. If he gets in bounds and gets a little separation, game over. I, but they I, haven't been able to figure that out. All I don't year. think Kenny Pickett is as bad as he's been playing. There's like a dozen Kirk Cousins in the NFL, and Kenny Pickett is just tiny hands Kirk Cousins. I think the Steelers pull this one out. They turn their season around in this game in a squeaker. I like the Steelers. They have it. That's all the Sunday games. We'll pick the Monday one on Monday because we'll be live from Howie's Sports Page. And I said one. I meant two. We'll pick both of those then. Van, you're wrapping up your day with us. Good luck at your um, ceremony. That's the weirdest thing I've ever said. (laughs) 
It's a, it's the warm up to an amazing day tomorrow, and I couldn't be any more excited. Cole Tucker joins us when we get back from the break. Finally, we can get rid of Van. Let's go. Tune on ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports animal. It's all good. Back live on the program. We were talking football. We pressed the brakes. Now we're talking WWE with Cole Tucker. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Cole Tucker, uh, obviously, Albuquerque Isotope, short stop for the boys. Kind of all over, though, right? Play everywhere. Yeah, you do all it all now. Anywhere it? but pitcher and catcher. Why is that? Why is that? Catcher, I think my knees would explode yeah. back there. And pitcher, I just I just am terrified of it. <laughs> Low-key, you're too tall to be a catcher, right? That's what I think, too. Yeah. Like, I'm so long-legged, it would not be fun to squat for no. three hours. Your three hair would look hours. awesome behind that mask, though. That's a good point. I'd have a little Hamilton Porter going. Yeah. <laughs> not the reference I thought we were going to get on the show today. Cole Tucker joining us. Obviously, we're talking about baseball. We're talking about the wrap-up of the AAA season, and we're going to get off track a little bit, too. So it's uh, last season, last home stretch. It's the whole last thing. Are there any things you make sure you do as the season's wrapping up? Are there any things where you think, if I don't do this one last time, I might never do it again? And what is that here in Albuquerque? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you just want to get as many hits as you can yes. yeah. and win as many games as uh-huh. you can and just have a good time with the boys. You know, like the, the end of the season, it's real. Like everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to go home, be with my family, play with my dogs, watch my favorite football team lose every Sunday. Right. But it is really nice to be here, too, and we have a great group of guys. So, like, it's a, it's a bummer to leave everybody, you know, kind of your summer family. And uh, you just want to wrap up the summer and, and enjoy the time that you have. Spend some oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Jake, go ahead. I was about to ask, uh, what's number one on your off-season bucket list? Ooh, this year, um, I'm going to see the Foo Fighters next Tuesday, and I'm Ooh. really excited about that. That's a good that. show. I'm That's stoked. a good show. Where is it at? It's in Phoenix. It's, okay. Yeah, back home, Arizona. That'll yeah. be super. I've seen them. They, um, they are rock and rollers. They, they All are, the way through. We went and saw Ringo Starr the other night. Wow. Slapped. Slapped. Is he just on the drum set singing? No, he did or the whole thing. Yeah, he, really? Yeah, he got up in the front, led the whole thing. It was uh, me and Van, who just left, but you met, scream singing, Yellow Submarine. Could not have been more fun. Just the uh, awesome. happiest dudes ever. But, yeah, he's a rock and roller. That's a heck of a show. Is, are concerts real high on your list all the time? Yeah, all, always, you know. And especially being a baseball player, we're busy for like the eight busy months of concert season so when you can find a good one in the off season it's it's a yeah, gold mine take advantage of that cole tucker joining the boys obviously we're talking about baseball uh been a little bit banged up here at the end of the year and yeah. how does that work for you mentally Are you able to to still support the boys you still able to be a part of the thing or do you feel a little checked out yeah i mean no definitely not checked out i mean guys are here working guys are here playing yeah. hard and trying to get to the big leagues and trying to win ball games so you never take that lightly, but um, I mean, yeah, it, it sucks being done for the year. But there's only three days left, and excited for the off season, get healthy, get right for next year. Um, so, so definitely not checked out, but definitely aware that it, that it's ending, and just trying to soak up all the all the good times in the cage, and the clubhouse, and the dugout with the boys. Does Pilo or whoever in the organization? I'm assuming it's Pilo. Does Pilo sit you guys down and have a moment where it's like this group will never be together again? Do you get? Do you know? Do you recognize that as a professional athlete? To where, if it's the guys on the squad or the staff or the support guys around you, does that hit home with you at all? Yeah, definitely. We we kind of had one today in the in the clubhouse a couple hours ago. Um, Han, our clubby, our head clubby, was just kind of addressing the boys and saying yeah. thank you. And this is his first year being a clubhouse manager, so he was just really appreciative of all that. And he was like, "This has been a great year, great team, just great people." And we all kind of feel that way. And if you've been at the ballpark, you, you see it and feel it, too. Like, we just have a really great group of guys, great staff. It's been fun being here. Who are you going to be the most sad to say goodbye oh, to? Oh, good question. Jordan Pacheco, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird man. dude, man, right? <laughs> yeah, weirdo, right? Um, he's the best, though. I mean, uh, it's, it's weird to have a, 
a great relationship with your hitting coach, you know, but he's not that far removed from being a player and an age, really. You know, he feels like he's one of us, but he helps us out so much every day um, just as a person, as a coach, as a dude, as a leader. Um, definitely going to miss him, and uh, getting to know him this year has definitely been a sweet treat. First season in the Rockies organization, obviously that time in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh has Albuquerque ties in itself. You know, Sarah Steinberg was in the front office there forever. She's from here in Albuquerque, and, and now you're here. And how different is it going from one major league franchise to another? What was that transition like? And you got a full year under your belt to kind of reflect. Yeah, uh, it's definitely different. I, I relate it to, like, being on a different travel ball team. I yeah. always joke around that, like, the minor leagues and even the major leagues, we it's like 40U travel ball. So, like, every, <laughs> every club team you play on is different, you know. The, the politics are different. The coaching staff is different. The players are different. The style of everything is different. And it's, it's felt that way here. But there's a ton of great people here, a ton of great baseball players, a lot of good young players who are going to move up and be good Rockies, too. And um, it's just been fun to be a part of that and uh, to have my own journey here this year, you know. Cole Tucker joining us on the program. We're talking a little bit about professional baseball, and now we're transitioning to professional wrestling. As you said, I'm with us. I wear a WWE bracelet that I got at a WrestleMania or something because, you know, I do stuff with the WWE, and I would say I own Duke City Championship Wrestling, and, and you're from the Arizona. You're from the Phoenix area. Yep. Um, there's not a better pro wrestler in the history of pro wrestling than the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Straight up. From your hometown. Straight is up. That, is that when you fell in love? Um, I, HBK was one of my favorites as a kid. I mean, I, I was born in 96, so I started understanding that wrestling existed probably around like 2001. Yeah. So like HBK, the rock stone cold, Rob Van Dam, Ray Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, edge, all these guys are coming up out of nowhere, Kurt Angle. And I'm, right. I was just swimming in it, loving it. And I've, <laughs> I've just been a nerd my whole life, wrestling nerd my whole life. I mean, life. it's not nerdy though, right? Jake? It's not, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. I, I would never talk bad about wrestling. No, no, not no. Once. no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's not for everybody. It's for me. What up, man? Um, and I, I just never stopped loving it. I'll watch SmackDown tonight when yeah. I get home. Like I just have always been a fan. I've always kind of kept up with it. And in another life, maybe I was a professional wrestler, but I, uh, I would. I think it's like equally as cool as being a baseball player. Right, well, help me. I need a pro tip, and you're a pro. You're a professional athlete. I need a pro tip. I can't get my lady to watch with me. Okay. What do you do to get your lady to watch with you? I can. I I brainwash my fiance. She's a fan now. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I think if you like, I led with like this is my favorite television show to watch. Yes. Not like this is my favorite sport to watch. But, like, this is my favorite TV show. Sit down and spend two hours of this Friday night and watch it with me. And she was sold. We've been to a bunch of shows together. And uh, it, it was a hit for me. I think I think you can get it. You, you just got to be a little persuasive. Cole, I went to Cole, my fr- Cole Tucker joining us. I went to my first uh, show with Fred, and he, he sold me on wrestling. I get it now. Sad. I understand it now. You know, I like being part of the atmosphere and yelling at, at the wrestlers. You know, I like rooting for the bad guys, though. Totally. Totally, yeah. yeah. Me too sometimes. Sometimes the bad guys are sick. Do you feel like that mentality of babyface or heel or entertainer, does it translate to the baseball diamond? Do you, when you step into the box, have, a, have maybe an HBK swagger about you when you're making a field? Because, you know, you can't fist pump when you make a play short. You should have made that play anyways, right? Yeah. But do you, do you feel that energy translates to ball? Yeah, I feel like baseball is somewhat performative, you know, like you, you see it more and more in this day and age, you know. Like I think if you look around the MLB, like there are faces in there at heels. Like Mike Trout is a huge baby face. Correct. So is Aaron Judge, you know. Like Tatis, I would say, is like a heel at large, you know. Like sometimes you just play your way into that role, you know. 
Um, I think there are some parallels in, in like the major sports leagues and WWE. I think like you look at NFL quarterbacks, some of those guys are portrayed as faces and some as heels. Yeah. Maybe I'm looking too deep into it. No, I, I don't think, think you are at all. I, think, I think that like the narrative of a pro NFL or MLB or NBA season, like those guys come to light. Like oh. Dylan Brooks was a crazy heel in the NBA last year. Yes, you know? 100% a crazy heel. Also, like, I like that you went with that team. There you go. <laughs> the, that, hear me out. World Series championship, great, great. You get the trophy, the trophy's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, but what if you had, like, a like a belt, like a championship belt? Right. That's where I'm going. Well, baseball and uh, wrestling both got walk-ups. Good point. Yeah, true. Walk-up yeah. See what I mean? Walk-up music. You know, you get to – everybody's got their wrist tape and their arm sleeves yeah. and their eye black. Like, there is some – It's theater. You got somewhat of a gimmick out here yeah. for sure. And also, I know you have experience where there's been a 13-year-old kid from the audience or the crowd here at Isos Park telling you how much they love you, and then maybe you go to an away game and there's a 13-year-old kid telling you how much they hate you. Straight up. Or <laughs> a 40-year-old grown man who's <laughs> chirping you on yeah. the on-deck circle like a loser. How many times can you get told to get a haircut? Like that's Once the qu- a day. The what? <laughs> that's, a, that's a disservice for you to what get up, a haircut. Kid? How we doing? Good to see you, bro. The, we, um, sit, we sit with a lot of Ice Toast players. No one gets dabbed up more than you do right yeah, here. No, <laughs> straight up. You have the most swagger out of anybody on the roster. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Been around a minute, so let's get to know a lot of people. One season. You've been around one season. No, I just mean around around baseball. Yeah. Around baseball. Now, but there's yeah. something special about it. Cole Tucker sat down with us, and we talked baseball. We talked pro wrestling. You got a big offseason. You just said you're getting married in the offseason? Yeah, I am. I Congratulations. Am. Thank you very much. That's going to be a big it. deal. Super stoked about it. The uh, Jake is obviously never going to get married because of his mustache. Yep, that's so, the goal. <laughs> yeah, so are there any MBS questions you want to ask about true love or anything? Are you good? Yeah, actually, what's the one piece of advice to make sure that your wife will be happy on wedding day? Ooh, well, I, I have yet to have a wedding day. Yeah. But I think I, I, think I just got to be there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm there, I feel like everything will go smooth. There's something crazy, too, about balancing, like, all of the life stuff. Because baseball is such a 24-hour a day for eight months out of the year. And it's almost like, how do you find time to plan going to a Foo Fighters concert or a wedding? Or We were talking about, hey, could we meet up at the Royal Rumble? You know, we were having those yeah, conversations. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how do you... How do you try to pack a year's worth of life into three months of the offseason? you you got to plan, and it's got to be a priority to you, you know, because it would be easy to get home from the offseason and just be like, I just want to sit on the couch yeah. and not move for four months. But, like, you got to keep that inner 12-year-old happy. You know, I want to go see my favorite shows and go to hang out with my friends and go to wrestling yeah. stuff and, like, live my life, you know. If, if not, then spring training comes in, around in February and you're super pissed that you didn't do anything fun and then you're just back on the hamster wheel again and you're hoping for next offseason. But you got you to gotta live, you know. You got to do the things that Work make you Work-life balance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like baseball players need that too, you know. We're all human at the end of the day. Cole Tucker, thank you for being a friend of the show. Of course, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This we're, has been awesome. We're stepping away when we come back. Obviously, we're only going to talk to Deion Sanders, the greatest baseball player of all time. And what he's doing now, slumming in the game of football. <laughs> Take that back. Two in on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. I like this little regional. I know. I kind of want to just keep listening. Makes me want to have a Coors Light in my hand and a 
Uh, Newport. A uh, cigarette. We're talking about a cigarette. Yeah. Got it. Newport specifically. Kyle, you smoke cigarettes? Not very much anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, no one does. I only have a cigarette on a very rare occasion. Like that rejoin song? Yeah. Fape Nation. It's <laughs> not what that means. <laughs> Live at the ballpark is our last one of the year. Obviously, we're talking NFL, college football. We're talking the world that surrounds it. We're going to talk a little Deion Sanders right now as Colorado is chasing 21 against Oregon. It's going to happen. It's going to happen that they're going to catch their first loss and the fairy tale comes lose. to an end. They might lose, but they're covering that spread. Losing the wide receiver was a big deal. Travis, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. They got exposed against CSU without Travis Hunter because he, he's like the heart and soul of that roster. I think the quarterback in Colorado is a pro quarterback. I'm looking at him. I'm seeing how quickly he does things. I'm seeing how fast and athletic and capable he is, and I go, that is a pro-level quarterback. And college football teams win with pro-level quarterbacks. I don't know if I see that in Oregon. Chasing 21, even if it is an L for Colorado this weekend, the Buffaloes, even if it is, they're still going to maintain momentum. They're still going to maintain trajectory, and they will not be stopped, and they'll fall just one or two spots in the top 25. Well, it's kind of unfair that they have to play a quarterback that's been in the NCAA for seven years now. So he's kind of got an advantage there. But Oregon is not that not as good as we think they are. I think you might be correct. Or it's Colorado is not as good as we think they are. I think that's a decent point to make, too. Um, I think the Pac-12 just has a lot of hype this season because it's the last season of the Pac-12. And so they're trying to throw as much at you as they can. Well, and speaking of, they got more teams ranked in the top 25 than any other conference. And it's the Tupac Championship this weekend as Washington State plays Oregon State. And this is a big deal because Washington State's sitting at 21 overall, Oregon State at 14. And in the Tupac Bowl, I guess that's it. It's over from here. Whoever wins this one between Washington State and Oregon State is going to, in theory, go on to the Pac-12 Championship and be the last Pac-12 champion in the program or in the in the history of the entire conference. Well, USC is a shoe in to win that conference. I don't think so. Ah, see, Caleb, it's Caleb Williams' draft year, man. And Shader is going to stay at Colorado for another year because he doesn't want to be number two. He wants to be number one. So he's not going to fall behind Caleb Williams. Shader is going to stay in Colorado for another season with his brother Shiloh. Him and his brother and his pops going to run it back one more season after this. But then they'll be in the Big 12. And that, and if we turn this into a math problem and we said, if it's given that Colorado beats Oregon, then it's a given that Colorado will beat USC when they play them in two weeks. No, no. Oregon is, so USC is at the tip top of the Pac-12. Sure. Oregon is or Colorado are at that 2-3. They could be interchangeable. It goes like this. USC, Washington, Oregon, oh, I forgot Oregon about Washington. State, yeah, Michael, and Washington, Michael Washington State. Five on Utah, so they're they're in there too. Utah's oh yeah 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 yeah. So like every, no Utah's pa- big. Colorado is nineteenth over. There's just so much talent out there right now. Utah's gonna fall and slip. They're not gonna be as good as what they are currently. USC will put a hundred points on Arizona State. Easy, yeah. Easy, yeah. Well, thank God Arizona State put their self-imposed bowl ban. Not that they're gonna just not go to a bowl in general. 
with. And what I think is kind of special about the Washington State, Oregon State, is they're the only two remaining in the pack. That's why it's the two-pack championship. Well, they're about to be in the Mountain West, or the Mountain West turns into the new pack. It might be that. Yeah. If if they know what's good. But and and how I, fortunate New Mexico and New Mexico State would be to go alongside them, because if they get left behind... I don't, dude, I think that's the toughest part of that whole equation is if the Mountain West becomes the Pac-12, I don't see New Mexico joining that, like being invited at least. Well, and I don't know is the coldest radio take, but I'm saying it in a sad way because I think I do know. You know, and it's... Sunbelt, here we come. Conference USA. (laughs) Like, (laughs) at least we'll have a conference. Yeah. You know? Well, states in Conference USA, you know, so that's the idea about it where it's... You know, do you do you go in there and keep the natural rivalry and do those things, and you know you get away from a lot of teams they've lost to for a lot of years? You know, I I don't necessarily think that'd be the worst idea in the history of ideas. I'd like to see my Cougars. You know, you know that's where I went to college. I'm rooting for him too. I'm a big Mike Leach fan. Rest in peace. I would like to say this: whoever wins between the Oregon State and the Washington State matchup this weekend, which is tomorrow at five Central, I want them to win the Pac-12. That's how I feel about it. Like the rest of it. Like, good, good riddance, goodbye. See, I just I, I can't get behind Oregon State and DJ Ugugwali or whatever, however you say his name. Let's do this. Let's step away. Whenever we get back, John Traub will join us. We're going to talk fan appreciation the final week of Isotopes Baseball here at Rio Grande Credit Union Field. It's going to be a banger of a weekend. They got the best jersey giveaway of the season, the adult mariachi jersey this Sunday. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program, back live at Isotopes Park, joining us this very broadcast table and this very promenade for the last time this season. Promenade? Is that not the right word? I'm going to start using it. I think it's correct. John Traub, GM of your Albuquerque Isotopes. Let's go. No, no. You doing the heel entrance? (laughs) What'd you say? Doing the heel entrance? You going bad guy? Because probably half your listeners are doing that. So, you know, I got to be... Man of the people. The, well, I tell you, there's so many boos right now for, um, uh, we just won't say it. There's for so what? Much. It's, just, it's been a week, and people are still talking about this parking thing with the Lobos. It's like we can't. It's, yeah, wild, isn't it? I guess. You know I, what? We've been so focused on this last There we stand, go. That's what we needed. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we're just so excited that, that we have one great weekend of weather ahead of us to say thank you to the fans, fan appreciation weekend. It's going to be a great three days. It's going to be a good one. You guys, obviously, Sunday is 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 the end of it. That's it's a day game. One one thirty five. One thirty five. Gates open at twelve o'clock. As we're giving away an awesome mariachis jersey to the first three thousand adults, courtesy of our friends at Palo Verde Generating Ooh, Station. It's an amazing, uh, amazing uh, design on this jersey. It's it's turquoise and black and white. It's really awesome. So we know people are going to line up early starting Sunday morning, uh, but we do open the gates a little bit earlier than normal. 12 o'clock for a 135 game on uh, Sunday, the last game of the season. Fireworks tomorrow night? Fireworks tonight and tomorrow There we night. go. Yeah. Double feature fireworks show. Uh, double your pleasure, double your fun. I like that. And they, they have big sponsors too, right? Oh, for sure. Um, you know what? And, and here's the thing. Fan Appreciation Weekend, it's all about all of our sponsors, yeah. to be honest with you, because they provide so many of the items that we're giving away, uh, bicycles and coolers and gift cards, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. So, um, But everybody gets to enjoy the fireworks. Yeah, I have a little moment at the end of every season. Maybe you have the same thing, John. Maybe you don't. 
where I come to the ballpark as much as I can in the final week. Final homestand of my beer as much as I can. I've been here four days this week. Got to make sure you, you do everything like one last time. Like I had to get the noodles one last time. I had to get the soft serve one last time. I had to sit in the sun one last time. Do you have those little routines? You like that soft serve, don't you? I do. I'm a big <laughs> he fan. Loves the soft serve. I mean, it's pretty good. I got to tell swirl. you. It comes in swirl. You can do a little chocolate vanilla action if you want. That's your boy. You can do a shake. Yes. You can do all kinds of different things. Uh, we got these new machines in late in the season. By the time we roll around next year, it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be really amazing. Um, so I'm glad we were able to get it in at least to finish this season. But yeah, for sure, Fred. I I I, I never take for granted being at the ballpark. Right. And I've been working in ballparks for the last 36 years of my life. And you know, there's just something being here on special days. There's things about being here in the middle of January when you have snow on the field and there's nobody around. There's just something magical about being at the ballpark, and, and I love that perspective that you just brought to it, which is, you know, there's something different for everyone, and there's something that really inspires you on a daily basis, and it might be something different, right? It might be food. It might be just sitting here just in an empty ballpark, maybe hearing the music, maybe just seeing the, the ballpark kind of come alive as we're getting ready for, you know, our last Friday game of the season. So there's something really magical about about a baseball stadium that, you know, I've been in empty basketball arenas. I've yeah. been in empty football stadiums, as you know, and hockey as they're all coming to life. But there's just something magical about being part of a baseball park that is that is just such a meaningful uh, piece of, of a community like this venue is. Well, it's not, timeless. It is. And not to Freddie Jackson, sorry, but you just spurred something to me, John. Is, um, I used to be so fortunate to go down to Bush Stadium sometimes when there's no one in there in my time in St. Louis. And the thing I would do, and maybe you do this too, is, you kind of relive plays on the field. Like, I do this move where it's like I can remember, like, like Ozzie Smith making a play at short, or I can remember, like, like a big home run for off the bat of Ray Lankford or something of that nature. Sure. Do you do that same thing when you look out at the field? Do you see those big moments? Do you want to know? Because this is just how I'm wired sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I think about the ball in 2008 that – uh, if the ball goes out, we win the division. Oh, okay. But on the last out of the season, the the whoever we were playing, I don't remember who they were playing. Oh, of course. But, um, but you remember the emotion. I remember uh, standing behind home plate, and the ball, off the bat, I thought it was gone. Yeah. But the guy caught it right up against the fence. We lost the game. We didn't make oh. the playoffs. I remember that stuff as yeah. much as I remember the good. I mean, there It motivates some, uh, you. Well, you know, because there's right kind of – I don't know. You just think about great plays, but you think about the... I can remember a play in New Orleans in 1998 that Lance Berkman made this just circus catch on a ball that had he not made that catch, I'd, I'd have a Pacific Coast League championship ring, but I never got one. So, I don't know. I think about those things all the time, just like you do. What was your favorite memory of this season, now that we're wrapping it all up? Um, about 4.30 today when Forrest asked me if I could go on your show. Yes, good answer. <laughs> Recency bias, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Gosh, you think about Cinco de Mayo and you think about That was a just, great day. You, yeah. you think about Lowrider Night. You think about things that we've done that, you know, some Tuesdays in, in May or, you know, a Wednesday in June or July that, you know, is maybe, you know, just turns out to be a great night with no special promotion attached to it because it's a great night and people just love coming here. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would really have to think long and hard. You kind of put me on the spot with that question. But there's there's a million just memorable things. I remember opening night when it was so darn cold here. Freezing. Temperatures, wind chills in the teens when we finished that game. It's like, oh, and I, 
I ran a baseball club in Canada for 11 years. I've never been as cold as I was <laughs> on April as I was this year on April the 4th. My my absolute favorite piece of apparel that I ever wear is this fun gray pullover isotope hoodie. It's like old school looking. Yeah, I've seen it. And, yeah, and I, think, I had one like that, actually. And, and I think you complimented me on it before. And I, and I was wearing it that night trying to be the look, you know, because there's only so many cool nights you can wear it. Right. And I remember being cold in it. And I go, man, not even my favorite sweaters. Like, <laughs> I was, Layers. I was, yeah, I was Layers and gloves and what I still say, toques, you know, the beanies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blankets and scarves and everything else. Sometimes you need that. And next year when we open up on March 29th, we might need it too. There we but go. This that. year on March 29th, it was in the 70s as a high. So. John Traub joining us. And obviously we're doing a little reminiscing of the previous season, which was this season. And we're talking fan appreciation for the upcoming weekend. Um, I mean, these are the final three, right? This is the, you got to get out now. If you, if you haven't been, now's the time you're going to see everything that's happened. If you have been, uh, come on back. Cause then I think you said this phrase to me one time, John, you said, I know a lot of people that have never been to an ice tubs game. And you said, I know a lot of people have never been to just one. And I, that yeah. always really stuck with me Sure, as something where it's, it's come and get it for one last time. Come yeah. Get- you know, once you experience it, you know you're going to want to come back. And also kind of the last weekend of a baseball season, there's some symbolism there too. Yeah. It's, literally summer is over now yeah right today's the first day of fall um which is uh, you know kind of strange that we're still playing into late september now with the way the schedule works but um uh, there's just something about it and like you said earlier fred you come in here and soak up that environment and and hold on to it as long as you can because you know the weather's going to be turning you know winter's around the corner but then six months from now we're right back here playing baseball again well and these games are fun too jay because i don't know how many end of the year um baseball seasons you've been a part of but guys are swinging at the first pitch every time. There's just there's this, like... It's energetic. There's an accelerated know? pace here to where you come down and, and you're just dialed in for the for the play for as long as... Life. The game last night was on pace to be under two minutes. Then we had a, or two minutes, two hours. Then we had an insanely long seventh, which pushed us like two hours and 43 minutes. But you're like, you're like, this is the action I'm in for for baseball. I'm addicted to the new baseball formula. The new rules have really made an impact. The pitch clock and... And even ABS and some of the other things like the bigger bases, which result in, you know, a little bit shorter baselines yeah. and more action. And obviously this team has been running like jackrabbits over the last, you know, the second half of the season, stealing all kinds of bases, which is which is what MLB was hoping for, yeah. that, it, that these new rules were going to uh, increase the pace of play, the type of play, and making base hits and stolen bases part of the game again, you know, limiting the shift. I didn't know how I was going to feel about it, but I, I've been a proponent of it because, yeah. I, you know, there's, you know, you get these left-handed hitters that hit one into that that hole between first and second base, and the guy playing rover in shallow right field throws the guy out. It's, you know what, this this is baseball, and let's uh, let's go back to try to have the games be a little bit more like they were when we were kids growing up. John Traub joining us talking isotopes. Baseball, you had a million renovations, it seemed like, over the winter, right? Got rid of the hill, put in the new scoreboard. Again, soft serve ice cream here at the <laughs> yeah. ballpark. That, was a, that should have been top of That's, the list, I, Well, I did, you know how I am. I like my name last. I like my ice cream there last. There you go. Okay. With okay. That, what is, uh, any spoilers you can give us for the offseason? Anything you're excited about that could arise here at the ballpark? Anything that's significant? we got more renovations going on yeah. this offseason. We're going to finish the lighting um, uh, in the stadium. We were only able to get half of it done last year. Uh, so the weather will be more conducive to, for us to get this going as soon as the season ends. Uh, some more expansion of the some of the clubhouse spaces that we have. Oh, and, cool. and we're already working on things for next year. And we've got a really cool surprise that uh, we'll be announcing soon uh, relative to next year. And that's all I can say. But we are planning, you know, we have 75 home games again next year. We got, we've got game time set. We're 
penciling in fireworks and mariachi shows and or mariachi games and Duke's Retro Night and things of that nature to make next year just as special as all the other years have been. John Thompson down with us. Obviously, you just mentioned the fi- or the upcoming season next season. The Fourth of July game is kind of in question, right? So there's there's there's, there's no question. Oh. We're not home for July Fourth next year. That, We're in El Paso, and it feels like the first one in a long time, right? So well. If you look at the calendar closely, you look at the schedule Last. closely, we're not home either on July 3rd or July 4th. Correct. And that's probably where you were going. Yep. Just the way that the schedule uh, laid out this year, or for next year, rather, um, El Paso was going to host those two games uh, in 24. And then in 25, uh, El Paso will be playing here on July 3rd and 4th. So it's just the way that, you know, the way MLB does the schedule and some of the scheduling rules and game time rules, it was just going to work best for El Paso to host those games next year, and then we host the two of them in the following year. Okay, perfect. That, that. just means the 2025 Fourth uh, of July fireworks show is going to be even better. You got it. You know, and this is breaking news. I haven't told anybody this, so you guys get it first. But we're well, so not only are we planning for 2024, we're also planning for 2025. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Home, we know we're home on those two days, so we got to make them big. Well, and I did, yeah, and I didn't know that was the arrangement or situation or whatever it was, but but that, I think that's the thing that's so important here, specifically with the ice tips, is you guys make sure that you always have the fans in mind. Because I would imagine when that conversation came down to you, it was, hey, what can we do? You know, the way. So without getting into the weeds too much on it, yeah. but the, the way that uh, MLB has their scheduling rules and game time rules, it it all has to do with number of miles traveled and sometimes. To the naked eye, you're like, this makes no sense, but it is what it is. So if we were going to be home next year on July 3rd, or if El Paso was going to be home on July 3rd, however that was going to be, whoever had that home game on July 3rd was going to have to play at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And that's just not great for fireworks. It's not great for planning, etc. And then also July 5th is a Friday, not a holiday. Some people will probably recognize it. Right. We just felt it was best if we would be home those two dates, July 3rd and 4th, uh, the following year, because it's going to fall on a Thursday, Friday, and I think it's going to be a huge weekend. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. So a little bit of, uh, little bit of uh, you know, uh, forth- forethought into, yeah. into that plan. Do you get a chance immediately following the season to go to the Balloon Fiesta? Do you get a chance to, to unplug for a day or a week or any amount of time? Um, honestly, not really. Um, I have I can't remember the last time that I was actually at Balloon Fiesta because of travel, either baseball travel or personal travel or whatever. Um, it was it was uh, it was it, there's always something going on. Yeah. So I, I I do try to get a little bit of mental downtime, but we're already planning for next year, guys. Yeah. And our staff works so darn hard, and I want everybody to kind of take some time and in the early months of the off season to recharge their batteries. So. Yeah, there is some time in there to kind of kind of get refreshed a little bit, but there's not a lot of downtime, to be honest with you. When you're talking about your team, and Jake, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Whenever you're talking about your team, John, do you immediately start looking for additions to it in October as well? Is there a... You're talking it, about the front office, I am mean? a little bit, you know, because I know some guys move on and they do some other things. You never have the same team two years in a row, and that's never. just kind of the way the sport works. Do you do you start taking those applications? Do you start o- openly looking for other people in their opportunity here? Well, you know, we we never know necessarily who's coming back or who's going to move on to something else. We've already had two guys move on to bigger and better right. uh, for themselves, and we're so happy that they can have those opportunities. And if we can help them reach those goals that they have, great. One of our guys just left to 
to uh, run the merchandise for the Nashville Predators in the NHL. Pretty impressive. So, yeah, it's awesome. it's awesome, right? The fact that you go from here, a little old AAA baseball Stop. team, and now you're running an NHL. But that's, I think, the beauty of minor league baseball. It's it like is. college for football, you know? Like, it's right. the opportunity, and it creates grand and everybody, moments. you're right, and everybody's got different goals personally and whatnot. So when we have the opportunity to fill positions from within, uh, we try to do that. But, you know, we never know when those opportunities are initially going to come about. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I always say that the, the organization is a little bit fluid, and we, we try to structure it around the people that we have rather than say, here's a position and we need to fill it. We look at the people that we have, what their strengths are, what their what their goals are, and see where the fit is. And and you know what? If we can fill positions from within, even within from our from our uh, game day staff, we just we we just had an opening in our front office, and we promoted somebody uh, who had been at just a game day, not just a, yeah, but yeah. their position as a retired person was as an usher to try to help just you know do some things as a retirement job. We had a position become available in the front office, full-time job, and she had ended up accepting that position. Oh, heck yeah. So we, awesome. we try to, and gosh, without looking at an org chart, probably have 10 people on our full-time staff, give or take, that have, that have been with us in seasonal positions mm-hmm. one way or another. Oh, how tremendous. Um, so, geez, we even have a season ticket holder who is still a season ticket holder who is doing some uh, game day work for us oh, because uh, they love it so much. Well, I think community is the wrong word to use for the isotopes. Culture. You guys have created a family. Yeah, culture. Yeah, I mean, for sure, of course. And and I appreciate you saying that because that is really important to us. Um, and and what we do is not easy, right? No, not what at all. What we're doing is... It's, a, it's not for everybody. It is a grind that I could not even begin to explain. 75 home games is just part of the description. But you know what? It's, it's, it is not for everybody. So those of us who do this thing, um, we are very forthright during that interview and that screening process to try to explain what working in baseball is all about. But until you feel it, you don't really know what that means. I can tell you you're working a 12-game homestand or that you've got 18 home games in 24 days. And and when you see that on paper, okay, yeah, I can handle that. Mm-hmm. But when it's a that grind, man, that 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 different that, it is real. Yeah. It is real. And you have to have people that are going through it with you so they understand it, they feel it, they know it, and they know there's an empathetic ear, you know, in the desk next to them or in the GM's office or whoever it might be because you know, it's tough. And and life happens and things happen for in people's lives and and what i've learned over time is that you need to be more we as an employer need to understand that and be more flexible because you know society has changed as well yeah and yeah. you know when i first started in this thing no days off no sick days it is what it is here's the schedule and that's what it is right. but you know through some personal things that i've gone through and and just as you grow as an organization and you mature as an organization you realize that you know what life is allowed to happen and uh, people need to be able to handle their own personal things as they come up. So you have other people that can fill for them. And, and you know, we have such an experienced group now that, that we're able to fill gaps as needed. But our, we would be nothing without our full-time staff and our event staff, you know, the, the people in the front lines who are, 
who are working with the fans, dealing with the fans. Yeah. If it's the ticket takers, if it's people, if it's ushers, if it's uh, customer service people, if it's ticket takers, people All who levels. work in the, everybody, everybody plays a part in that fan experience, and that's a it's a really important thing that has made us successful for 20 years plus. The last one before we let you go, and thank you for so much time today. I know we ran a little bit longer than no we problem. normally do. Yeah, the uh, we've had 72 home games thus far this season, and. And there have been a lot of people through the turnstiles. You got an idea? You got a ballpark number on just how many patrons have, have come and, and experienced ISO? Oh, Park? for sure. By the time we're done Sunday, Fred, we're going to be probably right around 518,000. Oh, that's huge. So, so not only that, okay, yeah. we're going to lead the league in paid attendance. We're going to lead the league in average attendance. Um, we're going to be the only team in our league with an average of over 7,000 fans a game. There we go. Wow. We already have enough tickets sold over the next three days, so we can we know what that's going to be. Yeah. As long as Mother Nature cooperates, we'll be okay. But even more significantly, well, two things. One, we have never in our first 18 years of existence through 2021, uh, first 18 seasons, yeah. we had never led the league in attendance. Okay. And now we've led the league in attendance each of the last two years. Oh, wow. In, year, in season number 19 and season number 20, which I think is an incredible thing, given, especially given the number of new stadiums. Yeah. But tomorrow night, we're going to welcome the 11 millionth fan in franchise history to come through the gates. And that's, I mean, you do that in, in uh, 20 seasons. That's an average of, you know, well over half a million fans every year. And we've never been under a half a million except for the 20, sure. 2021 season because of the the late opening yep. and the social distancing and all those kind of limitations, which we don't have to deal with hopefully ever again. But, um, guys, it's been it's been phenomenal. It's been great, and we're so grateful for this community who has been so supportive. It's a great baseball town. Yeah. We knew that when we moved the town here, when we moved the city here. We knew, I knew that when I was a kid growing up in Los Angeles, and I knew how important the Albuquerque Dukes were, not only to this community, but to minor league baseball as a whole yeah. across the country. And uh, and we're, we're happy that we've been able to carry the baton into this new generation and as we go now into our third decade uh you know the sites are the sites are we've set the bar high we're going to keep striving to get there and we're just thankful for so many people that have played a role in this this will be an off-air conversation you and i have but i want to introduce it on air which is uh thank you john thank you to the isopes for having us out all season long the friday home stands have been just incredible for us we've had some flexibility throughout those dates as well where we out on opening day, which wasn't a Friday. We, yeah. we, you know, we've, we're so very fortunate, and specifically with the way the season has been stretched, which yeah. the way it was before, where we get to be here a couple more times. We get to experience, and, yep. the, and uh, you know, if we only got paid in high fives, we get paid with a lot of them here, <laughs> yeah. and we're so very thankful. Well, that's good, because, you know, I've got a couple more, maybe a free bottle of water for you every once in a while. But, you know, our relationship with, you know, formerly Citadel and now Cumulus, it's, yeah. it's going into its third decade as well. And, uh, and our games have been on your flagship station, you know, 610, the sports animal, going back to, to, since 2003. Yeah. And we've had a, we haven't had that many broadcasters, but the broadcasters we've had, boy, have they been impactful. Yeah. Right? Bob Sosi, yeah. who is now, well, now for the last 10 years, been with the New England Patriots as their play-by-play guy. Robert Portnoy with UNM now for a number of years. And now, of course, with Mr. Sushan, who has graced the airwaves for the last 10 seasons. We've had some top, top-notch professionals calling our games. But we've had a great relationship with your company and, and your whole network of stations. So thank you guys so much for what you mean to us and what 
how you help us deliver the message that we do. We try to get out to the community. You guys are a big part of that. John Traub of the Albuquerque Isotopes. Thank you so very much, brother. We went past 530. I'm sorry. We went considerably past. With you, we could go past as long as we want. <laughs> we'll make it up with the shortest NHL segment of all time. Whenever we go. go. We've never talked Every to NHL. NHL oh, we just segment. did. We <laughs> talked about Michael Malgeri going to run the uh, <laughs> merchandise for the Nashville Predators. <laughs> CJ's going to Rochester, right? There's, CJ's there's going to Rochester. out there, too. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yep, you got it. Whole world of it. Tune on 95.9 FM. AM 610, the sports animal. Aaron Rodgers sent Jordan Love a text after beating the Bears that said, quote, congrats on keeping the ownership in place. Well, the town of Green Bay? <laughs> I own you. I've owned you my whole expletive career. I, I think... Aaron Rodgers really That ayahuasca Bears. trip really changed him. He hates the Bears so, so much. much. I love it. There's so many Bears stories right now. They're doing terrible. They're, this is probably the worst week ever for them. Let's go more into depth with that. Whenever we get back, because we had to set the clock right, because we hang out with John Traub so much. Uh, hey, he's a dog. I love him. Cal, you're figuring it out at the studio. You're the absolute best. They can't get all the partners of the program, including John Lopez Real Estate, a Coldwell Banker Legacy, New Mexico's Vodka, that's Teller Vodka, the YMCA of Central New Mexico, I-9 Sports, which supports our I-9 Varsity. Don't forget every Monday we're at Howie's Sports page, and we are raging at the page for Monday night football. And next Thursday we are live at Red Door broadcasting this bad boy before Thursday night football and throwing axes every week that we're not at Red Door at ABQ Axe. It's two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Monday is going to be more fitting to talk about Chicago Bear coaches. Let's just make fun today. The Bears had over $100,000 <laughs> in equipment stolen from Soldier Field overnight on Wednesday. Staff said the thieves tore down a security fence and drove the equipment out of a garage. I mean, with how old that stadium is, man, it doesn't shock me that any of those gates are working properly. Well, if your defensive coordinator is Alan Williams, where's the defense for this? Well, uh, he's had to resign. You know, at the workplace when they have those number of days since injury, <laughs> the Bears are like zero days since last incident. Since last serious allegation. <sighs> I want to know what they stole. That's really, I want to break down of the items they stole. Well, I mean, it kind of just talks about Chicago, though, right? If Chicago was an NFL player, they'd be Antonio Brown. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's constant dumb stuff. I just, they need to sell the team into new ownership. Get, do what the commanders are doing. Get the, the Magic Johnson, whoever. You know, to take over the team. Get Dwayne Wade to buy the Bears. There is no punchline in the sentence I'm about to say. Peanut Tillman is an FBI agent. That is real. He's been an FBI agent since 2018. Yeah, sounds about accurate. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think the Bears are really just the FBI for the entire league. That's like their inner network is with through the Bears organization, and that's how they get all these other guys eventually. They got to have a mole. Why not have the worst team in the league? 
When was the last time the Bears were relevant? 85? I mean, that's the one they claim is the one. You know, they, they talk about the 85 Bears. You know, obviously they they won that Super Bowl. They, the Giants didn't win. The 86 Giants, a lot of people talk about Phil Simms. Yeah, I would say, yeah, 85. I mean, they played in a Super Bowl in 06, and that was the year that Devin Hester returned the opening kickoff, and then Peyton Manning ended up beating them. Um, but, I mean, that was their last one. And they've never had a quarterback. They've never had a wide receiver ever in the history of the whole thing. That's They're, the first Super Bowl I remember. 06? Yeah, is the Bears and the Colts. That was a wild year because Devin Hester was the best player in football that year. It's not even in question. And it was his first year playing professional football. And then there have been a million changes ever since to where a player that does what he did can't do it anymore. Never again. No. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is upset that $100,000 worth of his equipment got stolen <laughs> from the Chicago Bears? I think with his contract, how it's set up, he's going to be all right. You know, and I bet you he's going to be making a lot of appearances on that Pat McAfee show this year. So he'll be all right. We said that it was driven off the lot. They drove it off. I'm not joking you. And the mascots, like four by four car <laughs> thing. <laughs> Did they take it too? They, it's like a John Deere drivey boy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Stolen. Cannot find it. Only Chicago fans would steal from their home Gators, lawnmowers, (laughs) so much stuff gone. It's not even like sports equipment. No, not a bit. I would at least try to take, you know, some pads, you know, maybe a jersey. Build a better fence. Man, they just need to build that new stadium already. Even though I was pro-supporting of uh, just renovating the – the Chicago train to just pull up right in front of uh BL. yeah <laughs> just like, figure it out i don't know i think i think chicago was such a dominant part of this country for so long and like the last 30 40 years they've just been the most irrelevant it's wild city other it's, than michael jordan they're so ima- well hold on no not as a city as a nfl city yes but 2016, the Chicago Cubs, that's a huge story. The Blackhawks won a bunch of championships, and if hockey is still league today, I'm not sure if it is. It's still going on. Yeah. The Bulls in the early 90s and the late 90s, obviously, but they really caught a curse with Jay Williams, and I guess that would have been turn of the century or whatever. Yeah. But the Bears, outside of 06, with the one appearance in the Super Bowl where Devin Hester was that dude, because he was. I saw him be that dude. Um They've just been a punching bag. They've I mean, been a punching bag for 15 years. Well, it's sad to say that Brian Hoyer is, like, the best Bears quarterback of all time. It's probably Jake. And Cutler. he played five games. Yeah. He had four 300-yard passing games. No one – you know how many Jay Cutler has in his whole career? The same amount, and he played way more years. A lot of people talk to you about Jim McMahon, but they'll say he was a game manager. Steve Har- or, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Some people will talk about that, too. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a ton. But, yeah, you'll hear that conversation. They they just never they never had dudes, you know. And They're, like, best wide receivers from, like, 1939 or whatever. What? They had the other guy from Purdue. They had Kyle Orton. They, the, a dog, too. He was I, lo- dog. I love Kyle Orton, no, man. Oh, yeah, the dip king. He was not a dog at all. Oh, he, he was a partier. He was, he was Johnny Manziel before Johnny Manziel was cool, but he got to keep his job. There was less social media then. Whenever we get back, Josh Sean joins us. 
for his final appearance on this program, at least during baseball season. Let's go. For the remainder of the season. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Now, now betting, betting for the Sports, the sports animal, animal, your, your afternoon, afternoon drive. drive. Number, Number two, two men, men on, Van Nunley and, and Fred Slow. Slow. And, and in the on-deck circle, circle. Amarie Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. But really, it's Jake Cassio and Josh Sushan's here. Let's go. Let's go. Final one with, with the one. The amazing one, the immaculate one, the wonderful one, the one of one, and that one is Josh Sushan. Josh, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Am I the immaculate one because I get a perfect grid on the immaculate grid almost every single day? What is the immaculate grid? You're not aware of the immaculate grid? Is that like Wordle? Is it a church thing? It is Wordle for baseball. You guys are not aware of this? I played the football version. I don't know what this is. Okay, so every day it's their uh, connection with baseball reference, and it's a grid, and there's nine boxes. There's three that go this way and three that go down. So three across, three down, and you have to match it. So it's different categories every day. So let's say it's Marlins Cardinals, and you have to think of someone who played for the Marlins and Cardinals. Or maybe it's someone from the Tigers who won Rookie of the Year or someone from the Mets who was an MVP. And you only get nine guesses. And so if you're wrong once, then that's it. You're not immaculate. Here we go, boys. So we have the New York Yankees, the Cleveland any entity, I guess, of Cleveland, mm-hmm. the Detroit Lion or Detroit Tigers, and they have to match up with the Cincinnati Reds, three thousand career hits, and two thousand two hundred plus Ks in a season pitching, not batting. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, a a Red and a Yankee that would be their current manager, uh, Deion Sanders. <laughs> yes, that would be correct. All right. So let's go with Sanders. Sanders is correct too. Okay. So Deion Sanders. We're going to select him. He's in the mix. Okay, we're doing very well. So we got a green. We you, got a green. Do you see the percentage? Eight, six percent. Oh. Okay, so the lower the percentage, the, the more rare it is, right? Because if you pick Ricky Henderson for stolen bases, you're going to get a really high percentage. So the lower your score, the better you feel about yourself for your advanced baseball knowledge. But when you go for those random ones, you're more likely to get something wrong. So it's this yeah. risk-reward of feeling like, Hey, I got a score of 15 versus I got one wrong. So, so 3,000 hits and a Yankee, I'm going to obviously think Derek Jeter. That's my first one. Yeah. But you're saying don't because it's too obvious. Yeah, it's a lot of other people Everyone are going to say yeah. Derek. And so, you know, but then you start thinking, like, wait a minute, did Joe DiMaggio really get 3,000 I'm thinking hits? of Tino Martinez. You I'm know, doing, like, weird ones. Yeah, like, head. Tino probably didn't have 3,000 hits. Or did Mickey Mantle? No, he got hurt. He had a bunch of home runs. He was really not, like, a batting Luke average Eric. guy. Oh, wait, but, but he... he Career ended prematurely. Yeah. Nick Babe, Swisher didn't get enough at bats. Yeah, Babe Ruth, he spent a bunch of years as a pitcher. He probably didn't get 3,000 hits. And then you start to go, oh, I'm running out of guys. Maybe I just go with Jeter, the safe so one. So can we go with Reggie Jackson? I mean, he definitely didn't have 3,000 Okay, hits, see, bro. that's the problem. <laughs> yes. All right, so we're going to go with Jeter just to be safe because there's too many. Okay, so we're in the mix. There you go. That's a high one. All right, so 200-plus Ks in a season and a New York Yankee. Tanaka. Meaning a pitcher. A pitcher. Yes. Tanaka? Yeah. Masahiro Tanaka. Did, Did he, he have 200, 200 plus K's? I don't know. I, I, he had like two I, good seasons. I, I, I had one locked in that I used already today when I did mine. You did this one already? Yes. I do it first thing in the morning as I'm drinking coffee. It's literally the first thing I do. I, I love that. All right. Who'd you go with? I went with Ron Guidry, Louisiana Lightning. How did you know that? Because I had a lot of his baseball cards as a kid. 
This is I, I, how come I didn't know this how existed? How did you not know this existed? Yeah, they do a football one too. Cincinnati Reds. Even and- Sean Doolittle today in his goodbye um, Twitter response had this big old lengthy one, and he thanked the A's for giving him the, the chance in the Nationals. And then he mentioned his other two teams and said, "Thank you for ensuring that I'll be on a lot of immaculate grits throughout my <laughs> career." <laughs> we won't finish this on air, but I'm going to do this every day. It's awesome, isn't it? And, and you then- only get one a day. You only get one a day, but there's other sports. In case you're like an expert in football or basketball, there's a whole bunch of different categories. You could do hockey. There's got to be a pro wrestling one. Um, maybe maybe there's a mistake. Sports. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not sports entertainment, but sports. Fan appreciate the weekend here at Isotope Spark. Sean joining us. We're talking about, um, I don't know, the, the, the cheers of it being the final weekend, the jeers of it being the final weekend. It's kind of the whole emotional run for you, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's also a relief. I mean, look, 150 games is, is, is a lot of games, right? It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's not just the games, it's the travel, it's the nights, it's, you know, not really being able to, to be a good friend to people, to be a good family member to people, to be able to, to hang out and do different things. And so it, it is a bit of a relief you know, to be able to go back to more of a normal lifestyle. But it's also my life is a lot more fun during baseball season, you know. And so I'll be, I'm really glad to get a breather. And then, like, two or three weeks from now, I'll be like, okay, is there a game? Is there a game? Can we, can we schedule a game? Yeah. It's, does anyone need me to broadcast? Yes. I have a microphone. We'll travel. Yes. Guys, I have one. Do you yeah. just watch old replays and just kind of commentate over yourself I, I don't, to I don't, get a little practice? No, in? I don't do that. But I have been known to go down a, U-bit, a, a YouTube rabbit hole and just suddenly pull up some random all-star game or some playoff game that just shows up and just start watching it. I Well, I do a, I do a very similar thing in late October where I go and I watch the greatest story ever told, which is obviously game six of the 2011 World Series where the St. Louis Cardinals came back in extra innings to beat the Texas Rangers. It's the greatest story ever told. You watch that one, too? And we will see you again oh, it's so tomorrow sweet. night. So sweet. I just got goose. And Lance Berkman's on second. Because everyone forgets, he laced doubles in both of them. So David Freeze is at the plate. David Freeze, who, by the way, denied internship into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Said he wasn't on that level yet. Okay. That's a nice thing. That is a nice thing. I like it's humble. Energy. It's humble. Yeah. Humble guy. Humble, yeah. Not traditionally known as a humble guy. Right. Well, humble guy. <laughs> first time for everyone. <laughs> you know, some people mature later on in life. I don't know that personally. <laughs> right. that's, that's not with me. So you, so obviously you wrap up Sunday, Sunday night. You just, what, three sheets of the wind? Just, just, just start the. I'm going to go to my cousin's house and watch the Raider game. Oh, I can start watching. Okay. Like all of these questions, yeah. did you guys ask me about subjects other than baseball that I don't know? And I'm like, Oppenheimer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know what? We need to make a list of all of the things that I've missed out on the last six so months that a, I need to do. We get a sponsored segment where it's called Josh Catches Up. <laughs> <laughs> Oppenheimer, Barbie. There's a lot of other things I'm sure that I've missed out on the last six months. Well, you're just in time for the new uh, Napoleon movie coming out. Okay, there you go. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's news to me. Yeah, it's a Napoleon movie with uh, the guy who played the Joker, Joaquin is it, Phoenix. Is it like Napoleon Dynamite? No, like Napoleon Bonaparte. Is it like, is it like the, oh, that Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon. Oh, that one. Yeah. With the hand in the shirt, okay. that one. Yeah, that was, okay. That's a weird way to pose. I don't know why that was. Uh, it was like a sign of respect. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it was like to always be like, I'm strapped. Uh, speaking of respect or lack of respect, I can't believe you guys didn't bring this up. The, the latest PR blender of the Oakland A's. Do you guys hear about this? Go oh, with uh, Miguel Miggy? Cabrera? Yes, I sent that story That was today. foolish. Miguel Cabrera. Very foolish. Final tour. Everyone's give him, giving him these nice, yeah. harding gifts. The Dodgers put him on the Walk of Fame. They give him a star wow. on the That's Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's probably the coolest one. What did the Oakland A's do? 
they gave him a bottle that is worth $79, a $79 bottle of wine. And remember, Miguel Cabrera is a recovering alcoholic, and they gave him a $79 bottle of wine to one-up the Dodgers' walk of fame. <laughs> I'm going to two weekends tomorrow. I got better gifts for those people. <laughs> two weddings tomorrow. That, I got better gifts. That's something. What do you like? And he like I saw his reaction. It didn't make a scene about it. Didn't whatever. But you got to do your homework a little bit, Oakland. He you, definitely went in that dugout and just threw that bottle of wine in the trash. What like you, at that point, just don't do anything. At that no. point, you're just like, oh, you crushed us in the postseason back to back years. Sorry. There's there's, <laughs> there's a really famous clip where you guys know Martin Short, the actor. Of course. So Martin Short is doing the Today Show with. Um, Kathy Lee Gifford or Kathy Lee or whatever. And Kathy Lee says, hey, Martin Short, you and your wife are the example for love in Hollywood. How do you guys stay so strong after all these years? And his wife had been passed away for years. Oh. And Martin Short, like a pro, just put, he says, I love her more than I ever have and, and fights through that thing. But that's what I always think of. Yeah. Is there's, there's a class way because she's going to hear about that from everyone forever. Yeah. And the A's are going to hear about that for everyone from ever. But Mar- Martin Short and Miggy Cabrera and all these guys that tolerate and a very ignorant move like that, that, it, that shows me a level of class that I am very respectful of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, we're wrapping it up here at the ballpark. The gates are open. It's Fan Appreciation Weekend. John Traub told us that the Isotopes will see over 518,000 through the gates this year, Josh, leading the PCL in attendance. Talk to me a little bit about the juxtaposition from the fan base here in Albuquerque versus some of the fan base you see when you travel around the PCL. Well, we're extremely fortunate, we always have been, that, that Albuquerque has always been a baseball town, going back to Tingley Field in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, and, and, and it just continues to grow and grow. And one of the things that I love when we sit down here is that it's the rare time that I actually get to see walking people walk by, yeah. and you see that this is such the ultimate cross-section of New Mexicans, right, yes. in terms of, like, age and ethnicity and, like, what they're wearing and just, like, whether they're fans of the isotopes or fans of baseball or whether they don't care about baseball but they just like good food and they like fireworks and they like giveaways and all of that. And I love that our Little League nights are great and our, you know, school day matinees are great. And then we'll do a Native American Heritage Night, you know, and we'll do all of these different things. And, and, and I love that the fans are just energetic. The number of times that they just start clapping their hands on their own at the end of a game because they want to strike out or they're rallying behind the boys. And so it's not just the numbers for me. It's also the level of enthusiasm that they bring to this ballpark. You earlier in the week did the, and it's really fun, you do it with the Jennifer Reardon Foundation, the, the What You're Thankful For, the yeah. kindness campaign. Uh, was that Tuesday? Is that right? Yeah, that was Tuesday. That was Tuesday. And as far as Tuesday crowds go, People make special exception to come out specifically for that. They live by Snow's Baseball. I'm not going to say they don't. But those little nights, which are a feature night, but they draw just spectacular parts of the city that if they go to one game in a year, it might be that one. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe we don't necessarily know what every other team in the PCL is doing. But I just think it's so important for the culture here that that those fun opportunities are available to everyone. Well, well, here's the other thing, too. If we raise the curtain up a little bit, and, and this goes to show how great our community partners are and the difference that they can make, because when you, when you go to Smith's, I just went to Smith's a few days ago. They hand me the receipt, and I spent more than $50, and they reminded me, you get to buy one, get one free with the isotopes yeah. because of that. And so it's only for a couple of days. I think it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It might be Tuesday through Thursday. I should know this. But 
again, that's where a community partner makes a difference so that you do have maybe it's a lower-income family, and they're like, hey, we can bring the family of four out for, for the price of two. And so that's where Smith's and a lot of the other different partners that we have can truly make a difference. Obviously, we're here at Ice Toast Park. Josh Sushan is joining us, and we're going through it, having a lot of fun, kind of putting retrospective on the season. Uh, big highlight for you? Is there a special highlight? Last year was easy. It was the win in Bernard Collin. Yeah. Yeah, what is what is the one this year? When you think back to the 2023, what was it? Also, Jake's trying to talk to me off air. Just say it on air. <laughs> um, I just heard music. Go ahead, Josh. That, was that the traveling music? No, that's, uh, that is our friend Jake Cassio trying to mess up the broadcast. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's... I was actually thinking about this the other day, and we don't have, like, that one defining thing the way that it was with, with Winton Bernard last year. In my mind, I think it's that we had a playoff race, right? We came up short, and we had a playoff race because it's two halves instead of one season. But we had a really, really exciting team for the second half. And, shoot, I just go back to that six games at Round Rock where we got swept, and if we don't get swept in that six games, what a difference this final week could be. But, I mean, from day one of the second half, we were in the thick of it the entire way. We got mathematically eliminated on Tuesday, but I think it goes to show, I mean, the isotopes have always been so good at all of these promotions to bring people out, and then you add that to, hey, we're winning. This is exciting. Something's on the line. We got a chance to go to the postseason, and I thought that was super fun. So it's broadcasting with Ryan LeBarnway. That's what you're going to say. Highlight of the year. <laughs> that was the second. He's just such a nice guy. He's just so incredibly nice. Josh Sushan, obviously. He's a really good guy to know for Immaculate Grid also. Oh, he... Because you just put his name on every team. Yeah, because he played for like six or seven teams, and people only remember him from playing for the Red Sox. So anytime you pick him, you get one percent. Such a good. I'm going back to my immaculate. I haven't. Yeah, we got to finish this. He definitely played for Cleveland and Detroit. But here's the thing, that's not one of the compare. That's not one of the pairings. Well, you need, I, yeah. you need the right pairing. <laughs> got to figure it and, out. And here's the other thing that I learned incorrectly earlier in the summer too is that just because someone played for the minor league team, doesn't they matter. Have, it doesn't matter. No, it has to be the major league team. Because I got burned on that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this random trade, this minor leaguer, but he had never been in the big leagues, so he doesn't count for that team. He has to have been in the big leagues. October 19th, Duke City Championship Wrestling at the Historic El Rey. Can I, can I trust you to come and sit down with me to do a match? Can you, will you be color commentary on a match with you, me? You really want my lack of wrestling knowledge <laughs> to be a part of your broadcast. <laughs> so bad. That would, like, that would be like putting me up there. I, I, don't, we don't know nothing. I, want, I just want to hear you go, ooh, ah. <laughs> You know, so, so there's going to be a fireworks show going on? Is that what I'm going to be doing? Because that's what people do for the fireworks. Uh, Ooh. Ah. We, the we, ladder match. We do have pyrotechnics. Okay. So, so yes. I just need an on-air what confirmation. Do you, what do you want me to say? Like, um, ooh, that actually looked real. That looks like he's in serious pain. No, really, Fred. No, wait. How do I know if he's, like, really in pain or if he's just a good actor right now? Oh, he's down. <laughs> There's an ambulance on site, right, Fred? There, yes, there is, Josh. We have the whole That thing. would be the bit is me going, wait. I don't think that was real, but it really looked real, right? He really looks yeah. like he's hurt, right? It's, I'm all, I'll be looking around. Where's the trainer? Does he look concerned, or was this part of it? You're, so you just let, like, a, a homeless man wrestle? You let Hobo Hank just go in there and wrestle? You, what, you just found him on the street? Like, how does how does this work? This is theatrics if I've ever seen it. Do you, uh, do you hit the balloon fiesta? Does your family come out? Is that the October move? family has never come out for balloon fiesta what? i usually hit it once and i and i guaranteed rain if i go to balloon fiesta i think i'm like four for four with rain ruining the fun it's not very good no that's we need to do something to but, switch but the you know what I did? like last year so the rain canceled the fireworks last year but it did not cancel the drone show and i'm not sure why there's a difference but i was glad because the drone show was incredible 
And it was so incredible that I came back to the isotopes. I'm like, yo, we should do a drone show. Then we found out what the price of it was. (laughs) And we went, okay, Teller better really step up if they want us to have a drone show because those are not cheap at all. And it's just the drones doing, like, like watermelon walk-off logos. (laughs) It's just... It's just, it's every brand that Teller creates. And the ISOPs are like, that was really great, guys. Yeah. And, and the kids are like, I'm so thirsty. Right. <laughs> so this is incredible. Josh, what do I do with my uh, press pass after this game? Do I just? You hang it up and you put it. Uh, do you do that? You have a collection of them? I used to, and I don't, I, I haven't had it in a while, but I think it's a cool thing to frame. If you have like a, you know, picture frame. Yeah. Just put them in there. A shadow box? Yeah. A little, little art project. I think I've trashed everyone I've ever had. <laughs> I'm going to keep this one for me. Very My first one. Josh Sushan, you're the best, brother. Thank you for Thank having you, me Josh. today and every time throughout the entire season. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Jake Cassio, final words? Hi, Mom. Not bad. For Kalmuth back at the station. Good job, everyone. GG.